Xanax is a, an amazing drug and really does its job. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to PHP Ugly, episode 50, recorded February 23rd, 2017. Today's topics are PHP, bringing the first programming language to bring modern cryptography to its standard library, Laravel 5.5 being the next LTS release, Amazon introduces Chime, resist meetups, and a bit of PHP history. Here we go. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Eric. How's it going? going well good to talk to you man it's been a while we've uh we managed to miss a week we skipped a week 49 consecutive episodes and on number 50 we just couldn't sync up you you were in the middle of moving there was all sorts of fun things going on and just couldn't find an hour out of the day to sit down and talk to each other it's a little disappointing but understandable yeah it's uh it turns out moving is difficult yeah and i hear you had quite the journey from california to colorado yes my uh my daughter who didn't want to move anyways was with me on the flight which got delayed which meant i missed my changeover and so we spent the night in texas that for somebody who who is somewhat of agoraphobe that had to have been enjoyable uh, you know, Xanax is a, an amazing drug and really does its job. <laughs> it's good to hear. So you weren't, although you were out of your comfort zone there, you it, it was uh, better living through medication sort of thing? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really too bad. I, I enjoyed what little time I had in Texas, just sort of watching everything be gigantic and <laughs> more Camaros than I've ever seen in my life. Everyone <laughs> drove a truck or a new Camaro. Well, it's not like you were there that long either. So you, so you made it to Colorado the next day? Yeah, I made it on Sunday and started unpacking. And I think I was unpacking until yesterday. Uh, so I was, I was unpacking for a solid six days straight. It's weird thinking that you're not here anymore. It's like, I understand this is how we've always done the show. But the knowledge of knowing that we can't drive and go have a beer together or we're not going to have a beer together next week or right it's weird man it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy I tell you what though i i do I love this place so far it's uh now you got to experience some snow huh that was your kid's first snow or what it was the first snow that they can remember they've seen snow when they were very young, but mm -hmm. yeah, they were blown away uh my daughter discovered that snow is cold which I, yes yeah. i didn't think a 13 year old would find surprising but she did and my youngest son made snowballs and started throwing them at everything he could target <laughs> and yeah well, was... being from southern being from southern california it could be difficult for your daughter to have a real concept of what cold is like right they they in theory understand what cold is ice is cold i get it but they don't understand what it's like to walk out in snow in cold. Yeah, and you know now it's getting down. It's it's a 18 degrees right now. And Fahrenheit, 18 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, and uh, that's that's pretty cold. Yeah, they're pretty sure that this is as cold as anything ever gets or ever has been, and they're they're very pleased with it. They like they like this. 18 degrees is pretty cold, man. Is it's really that cold? I mean, that's well below freezing. It's it's cold, but it's not three seconds and then you're done cold. It's not negative temperatures cold. 
Are you sure you're not reading Celsius? Uh, no, it's it's 18 tonight, and it's going to be 11 degrees low tomorrow. That is, I'm you're right. It says it's 20 degrees Fahrenheit right now, according to Google. That is amazing. I have not lived in that sort of cold in a very long time. It's it's nice because I have a warm house, and you just sort of don't notice it. And if you need to slightly yeah. adjust the temperature, you crack the window open a centimeter and you're you're good to go. Well, that's the thing. And, and you get to benefit from this. That sort of weather is not terrible. I mean, it's definitely tolerable. People live in it all the time, obviously. But it's a lot more tolerable when you don't have to go into the office. Like when your yeah. office is downstairs, you don't have to go out there and try to start the car. That's what I remember growing up on the East Coast. I grew up outside of uh, D.C. And I remember when it got that cold, you'd walk out to your car, start the car, and go back into the house and let the car run for 10, 15 minutes so everything warmed up. Yeah. Then you'd go out there with your ice scraper and start scraping the ice off your window. This was, this was everything you had to do every morning to get to work. And it's like, oh, that's that's when it starts to suck. Yeah, so far it's been pretty good. We, you know, the snow that we got was only only a little, only an inch or so, and we're not looking at much more than that tomorrow either. It's really dry here, which I I didn't expect, and gigantic. I mean, huge. The space isn't at a premium like it is in San Diego. So in San Diego, when you build a target that you expect to have 500 shoppers at a time in, you build a parking lot that fits 200 shoppers, which you know, doesn't make any sense, but it's what they do. But here, if if they have a target where they expect 500 people, they build a parking lot for a thousand people. It's the exact opposite. So everywhere you go, there's just extra space. They're like, yeah, we'll put a planter here or like an extra parking space. Well, yeah, and, and even the even the parking spots themselves, it's like you can actually park your car and open up your doors and not have to squeeze in and out. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's no such thing as compact car parking here. It's it's so far it's been great. Yeah, my my wife uh, who who's clearly listening to me do my podcast just sent me a message. Hey, don't forget to tell them about having to pour hot coffee on your car door so that you could <laughs> unlock it. Which we we used to have a Suzuki Samurai, and everything about that thing froze, including the gas cap. So. You drive around and you'd have to plan getting gas when it was like during the day hot enough so that the gas cap was not frozen and you could get it off. And uh, there, there are many times where, where we didn't have the hot coffee to try to unfreeze the door and we'd have to, it was a soft top. So we'd pop the top and one of us would have to climb in from the inside and oh open the door. God. That was that was a terrible vehicle <laughs> to have in the winter. I mean, it was a Suzuki Samurai, so it was a super fun vehicle. But that thing would just everything about that car froze. <laughs> well, I heard you guys are the ones with all the weather right now. You've been. I think I think it's over. Yeah, but we've been getting here in Southern California. It's rained so much that it's taken us out of a drought that we'd been in for years. Uh, that's how much rain we've gotten, and it's just been—it's just been constant. It hasn't. We were supposed to get another really bad storm uh, last weekend that never really hit. I mean, it rained. It was a pretty consistent rain, but it wasn't—it wasn't the worst we've had by by any means. But yeah, it's been unusual for us. It's—I enjoy it. I mean, I, 
it's going to come back and bite us in the butt because eventually everything will dry up again and then we'll have all these fire hazards all over the place because there's so much green out here now, which is very uncommon for San Diego anyways. Right, and out here it's completely brown because everything's frozen. Yeah. Now, do they... they but it's winter, right? Yeah, Things. No, I mean, that's the whole season, changing of the season thing. Does the... Everything start to bloom in the spring and summer there, do you know? Or have you obviously you haven't have, lived there, but I have no idea. I've seen pictures of it looking nice and green and, and yeah. I'm not seeing that right now. I mean, you can tell everyone has a lawn. It's just mm -hmm. right now it's dead. Yeah. And that's pretty common for areas that have seasons. <laughs> I'm I'm certainly not used to it. I've never had seasons. Yeah, you get better get used to like pushing a lawnmower. You're going to need no, that. I get used to telling my kids to push a lawnmower. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I'm going to say something. Just some experience that I've had over the last couple of weeks. And mm -hmm. it's going to be a controversial thing to say. I, I realize that. But I'm going to be honest with you. Through everything I've seen over the last... I mean, this has been going on for a while. But the last two or three weeks especially, it... It actually pays to be a bad developer. What? I can't I cannot tell you. So part of our our business is, you know, we take on clients. And we'll do greenfield applications, which is, which is great. Yeah, you know, somebody comes to us ha has an idea for an application, we'll we'll scope it for them, we'll let them think of all the different angles, we'll help them build it. And we have clients like that and, and those are hands down the the most exciting projects to work on. Sure. But we also take on clients that have legacy code. And this is pretty common where people will come to us and say, hey, we've started this project. We're about halfway through or we're about 80% through. Or we have this product that we, we've based our entire business on that has this you know, huge application behind it that was written 10 years ago or written by this one developer you know, during the weekend in his garage. And we kind of get in there and we examine the, the code. And we try to give them very honest assessments on what we can do to manage it. And we've had some experience these last couple of weeks where it's like the code has just been so bad. Unfortunately, I had to tell clients, listen, there's not a whole lot we can do for you here for the, the budget you want to spend. And, you know, or, you know, one of our biggest clients, who's one of our longest running clients, has this huge application that they needed this one particular piece of the application change because they were changing uh, their payment processing system. And it was literally updating some account information. And there was one section of the ecosystem that was written by various people. And everybody knew the code was bad. And we honestly tried to avoid it like the plague because it was just like you know, nobody wanted to touch it. And it's like the code is so bad. It's like we're going to have to call one of these old developers back and ask them what the hell they were doing to to <laughs> do this because we just couldn't figure it out. And now it just happens to – we have a great team. I mean, I tell you, we got a couple guys that once they get their teeth into something, they just don't let go until they figure it out. Figure it out. And that's one of the great things about our little company is we're not one developer. We're not two developers. We're – a consortium of developers right and you know you put two or three four of us on onto a, a big problem and somebody's going to figure something out and that's exactly what happened today we're, we're kind of getting down to the wire 
And we were just kind of as the kind of the CTO, I'm sitting here having to do some risk assessment and thinking, okay, we're going to literally have to reach out to one of these old developers, have to pay them to come in here and tell us how to fix this. And because we're running out of time. And that's when the guys kind of hunkered down and, and really started hammering the problem from all these different angles. And it seems like we have it figured out. I don't want to talk too uh, confidently about it yet. We have some more confirmations we got to make tomorrow. But there was just things like that. And like I said, uh, we've had some experiences with some new new projects where just the code was so bad. And it's just like... So you're not you're not profit you're not profiting off of you writing bad code you're no 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 and, and we we end up in a tough position because this is like this is not maintainable it's like you don't what what you want to pay to have this maintained we're not the people that can maintain it unfortunately the only person who's going to want to maintain this is somebody else who's going to come in and write bad code for you and I mean it's just a tough conversation but you see this like these 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 projects, these companies, they get this one developer in who might be good at something and, and might think they're really good at doing development, but they're not. But now that company ends up being completely dependent on them because that developer is the only one that understands the system and the only, only one that understands the craziness of the logic that they wrote. And that developer becomes almost irreplaceable because to bring somebody else in and have them understand what that person wrote is just becomes you, you end up paying substantially more because you need somebody who's super good at what they're doing. So your talk at Laracon is going to be how to put yourself in that situation so that you're unfireable. How, 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 to, how to write bad code and get paid for it. Yes. Yeah, I, I I'm think on so. Board with that. I know that was a little bit of a rant, but man, I've just, we've been doing so much of this legacy code lately and the, the reactions we get are, are mixed. Like our biggest client is probably the best. They're completely understandable of it. They're like, listen, we, we understand this is going to take some time. We understand there's some limitations and we work through everything. We, over the years, we've been slowly weeding, weaning them off their legacy code and they've been completely supportive and they're getting a much better system as a result. We have another re more recent client who is, you know, more of a charity and we, we, you know, we took them on and it was a situation where I, I worked on the code myself and I just reached out to them. I'm like, listen, you know, they wanted some enhancements done to the code and, you know, they're a charity. So money's an, op an, an issue and how much time they can pay and all Sure. So we were, you know, we were working with them already a lot on the contract. And I, I just had to tell them, like, hey, listen, this is a bad situation we're in here because it's not easy for us to make enhancements of this code. This code is is poorly done. And we sat down and I explained a lot of it to them. And they they are understanding and they understand that they're going to have to make some business decisions on, you know, what they want to do about it. Right. That was good. And then we have another, you know, we had another client recently that was just the opposite. You know, they're not understanding. They don't care. The old developer said that, you know, they could get it done in two hours, which might have taken us a couple of days to do. And it's just like, you know, okay, well, then you need to bring that old developer back because he can get the stuff done quicker because he understands this spaghetti that he's put together and <laughs> and it's it's going to continue to be spaghetti. You know, yeah, you're never going to have... 
yeah, you're never going to have a, a, a real product, you know? So it's tough for us because ultimately, and I mean, obviously we're business, right? We want to make money. We, we want to make sure we have developers. We get paid. But the thing that John and myself are super passionate about is making sure that PHP in general is a good ecosystem and making sure that the people who have these bad, poorly designed solutions get good standard compliant good practices sort of solutions in place because yeah, like uh, put them that, on put them on something like an lts framework or yeah and, and that makes makes it better for everybody right i mean you you strengthen the php ecosystem you get better php developers you have a better product everybody's happy yeah so that's my rant i'll continue to rant i lts yeah I gotcha. I, I heard the LTS reference. I know what you're doing there, Mr. Smarty Pants. Mr. Thinking I'm not paying attention. I just wasn't done yelling yet. I have to yell a lot. All right. All right. Fair enough. Oh, man. So LTS. What is, the, what is the LTS news? Uh, Laravel 5.5's next LTS release. Thank you very much. Okay, do we care? So, yeah. LTS was a is a big word in especially enterprise right, right? because there's there's a to rewind because i did kind of mumble through that the next version of laravel laravel 5.5 which should be ready right around um laracon us will be the next lts the first laravel lts was laravel 5.1 so lts stands for a long-term support that means that there's guaranteed support for the framework for, I think it was two years and bug support for three years. Or I, I never remember the exact uh, links, but it's something like that where, you know, our security bug support for two years, security bugs for three years get, get addressed or somewhere. So are you looking at it? Am I even close? Yeah. I'm, I'm, are you pulling it up? Not sure what the lengths are specifically on, on the Laravel LTS, but yeah, for enterprise, it's a huge deal. I mean, I guess for us, it's not such a big deal. We do a lot of bleeding edge development and... Right. So the thing, the LTS, again, is a big thing in enterprise. Enterprises like to see that because it adds stability to the solutions they implement. The problem with Laravel is that every freaking version has some new f feature that you just can't wait to get your hands on as a developer. Yeah, it's just too good. Exactly. It's like, you know, you don't want to live without it. And it's, we we tried doing that when 5.1 came out. We said, okay, that's it. We're standardized on 5.1. Everybody's going to be in the LTS. I don't care what the next versions are. They're probably going to be small incremental fixes here and there. But no, we're staying, everybody's staying on 5.1. Yeah, by 5.3, I'm like, nah. Screw that. Everybody, we're, we're just upgrading. Just just upgrade at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, was doing something on 5.3. I had I had just upgraded the system to 5.3, and I was doing something, and I went, oh, crap, that feature's in 5.4. I can't do that. It's just, yeah, you, you got to slow down, I Taylor. Know. Stop stop with the features. Oh, oh, or at least stop with the good features. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, save them for, for an LTS release, for crying out loud. Yeah, bad features only. <laughs> <laughs> The, the collections tap thing, that's fine. Yeah, go ahead, release that sort of stuff. I, I'm not really even sure where I would use uh, use that. But but the cool things, yeah, stop doing that, man. 
Yeah, so Laravel 5.5 will be the next LTS, its next release. As we've already stated, it's going to require PHP 7 or higher. So there's a lot that's going to roll out with 5.5. It's going to be interesting to see. See how well and how quickly that gets uh, gets adopted. The last time we talked, I don't know if you remember this, I was uh, <laughs> I was talking about how overwhelmed I'm starting to feel with instant messaging clients. Yeah, remember this just, conversation? Just too many. We had somebody else on the on the show with us that day. Do you remember who it was? Some there was like another person here. I forget who it was. Not somebody. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Jan? I'm sure I have. I have him on an instant messaging client here somewhere. Anyways. Oh, there was a Keybase. Yeah, the guy. I think there was a guy from Keybase. Keybase. Was that yeah, who it was? Yeah, he, he like knew Keybase. Anyways, Amazon is stepping into the ring. Have you heard of Amazon Chime? Amazon Chime? I've, I've heard of it, but I mean, their premise is a little weak. They seem to really be going after business. They really seem to be targeting the Skype clients. Like that looks more of what they're what they're doing. They're not looking for like the casual instant messaging people who are trying to talk to their friends or anything like that. They really look like they're focusing in on business. Yeah, I mean it, it ties into Active Directory, which is a big Microsoft thing for business, and it focuses on using strong encryption and having remote administration. Um, so they might be firing out at the hip chat and the Slack group as well. There's you know, this Chime thing has video as well as chat and chat rooms, online meetings. Yeah. I actually didn't even download this one. I don't even care. No. <laughs> No, one of the fun things, I'm a big open source guy, and I really try to uh, focus on open source solutions. Not that I'm a a beacon for that, or I do a great job at it all the time, because I do find that I'll use a solution that's open source, but Mac specific, which is weird. Oh, yeah. But the thing about our group is we have people on every platform. Uh, A bunch of us are on Macs. Uh, quite a few of us are on uh, Linux, and it really helps us weed out solutions. So we, not that we won't pick a solution, but we definitely try to keep in mind that our developers are on all these different platforms, so we need a solution that kind of goes across all of them. Right. And so things like Amazon, we pr- we'll pretty much discount <laughs> right away because they don't they don't have a Linux client. I don't think they have a web interface for it either. So it's like, okay, well, can't I can't use you if I wanted to use you because you can't support my staff. So there's nothing I can do about it. That's one good thing about using Linux it, is it really helps you kind of weed out all these new shiny tools that hit the hit the market because until they can, uh, you don't get them. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, hey, I can't can't use it. Sorry. Yeah, I, mean, I run a, a Windows Linux combo. I have. Synergy, which we've talked about before, and mm-hmm. and two boxes, one development, one personal. Oh, you're so you're a Raspberry Pi guy, right? I'm into it, but I have the same problem as you, which is, what do I do with it? Oh no! I, did you see my latest tweet? I did. Check it out, man. I got I got a I got a new case for my Raspberry Pi with the new official Raspberry Pi monitor. In uh, this little screen, uh, the little thing is sets up nicely. I've been. 
I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to use it for something. So so the the screen is a touch screen. So you you'd write a little web interface and you just have big buttons there you can press. It's See, I, I was trying to get my how much was that? I was, the the uh, I think the whole thing together was like eighty bucks. The the case and the uh, touchscreen, uh, maybe even less than that. I was shopping today for an intercom. Uh, you know, we've got the kids downstairs in their rooms with their headphones on, and I'm upstairs, and I don't want to have to go downstairs to get them just because they left something trash on the table. We're looking at like a hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars for a wireless intercom if you look at the very top here it has a spot for a uh camera uh, a little mount for a camera there so one of the things i was thinking about doing is configuring this so that i had the camera here and it's something i could give to my parents and put it they can put it on their yeah. kitchen counter and it kind of what you're saying use it as a uh as an intercom system, just a super simple, hey, mom, if you need me, I'll, I'll I'll design a little web app that just has like a big button on it and say, click that button and it'll call me and we can talk. Yeah, and that's what, a third of the price of the video intercom systems I've seen, mm -hmm. which is yeah. it's totally ridiculous. I, that, there's some older technologies that really need to do some catching up. Yeah. So uh, for all your PHP uh, developers, geeks out there, Rasmus, who is the creator of the original creator of PHP, he's the one that started putting together Perl scripts to do his personal homepage, PHP. He, I guess, was digging around and came up with, found his old change logs for PHP. I, I mean, you you read it, he posted it, and um, you read it in reverse order, so... He starts with an entry uh, from June eighth, nineteen ninety five, and uh, it's it's kind of a fun read. I, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but it's kind of fun to see. Like you see PHP kind of picking up momentum just by his his change log uh, entries and how long they're getting and how much stuff he's doing with the with PHP. And it goes, you know, December eighth, he's on version one point nine nine fixed minor compile pro problem and it's just if you're into php and php is a you know always been a thing for you it's it's fun to kind of go through this and you can kind of see points in history of oh yeah okay this is about when i started using php it never even gets there the the last entry he has is uh, january 9th 1998 when he's releasing version 2.0.1 which is still before I, I even started, man, that's right around the time. I, I must have started using PHP right when 3 came out. I thought it was right when 4 came out. But this is 98, January of 98. And I was I was already using PHP in 99. Because I remember I did it right before the Y2K bug came out. So that's crazy, man. It's just crazy looking looking back at this stuff. Yeah, and I love some of the some of the stuff like uh, fixed PHP info core dump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll add uh, add that link to the show notes. I just it was a little little tidbit of uh, information. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'll, I'll put this out there. Yeah. So I didn't tell you um, your last uh, Laravel meetup that you did. You got to talk to Adam Wathen. Correct. So I got to talk to Adam Wathen. Really? Yeah. What do you have to say? Stop get out of my yard he said never 
never give that Thomas guy my phone number ever. Is what he said to me. Perfect. <laughs> now we spoke uh, for Larry Chat Live. Uh, he he came on the Larry Chat Live show last week, and so we 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 got to talk. Oh, another cool thing: Adam Wavin actually became my one thousand Twitter follower. Really. Yeah, I was talking to him. I'm like, "Hey, look, I got 999 Twitter Twitter followers," and he's like, "Oh, here, click." And then Eduardo, who is a fan of of our show and Lair Chat Live, he found out that Adam Wathen was my 1,000 Twitter follower, so he proceeded to unfollow me, <laughs> <laughs> knocked me down to to like 999. He just let yeah. me sweat that out for a little while. I can't have you thinking too highly of yourself. No, no, I thought that was that was nice of the guy. <laughs> he followed me back eventually, but uh yeah, I thought that was funny. <laughs> he Bastard. followed you he followed you back once you had a thousand so that you had a thousand and one. No, no, no. He 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 his thinking was he followed me back so he, he would he was now officially the one thousand. Ah. So but uh what else we got going on? Anything? Yeah, we've had some interesting news from uh Cloudflare. Uh, yeah. Cloudflare, Cloudflare. If if you don't know, they do uh, DDoS protection and sort of rapid hosting. They've had a rough year, right? What else did they have? They're the ones that had the, all the denial of service attacks against them. Yeah, with the yeah, no, they did have yeah. a pretty nasty uh, attack on them. And that's their whole business is hey, yeah, we'll help keep your site safe and your information safe and. You know, nobody will be able to do denial of services on you. And sure enough, that's what happened. And then this happens. Yeah, and uh, this one's pretty pretty nasty. It looks like they had some kind of buffer overflow type issue, which was causing pages to get re-hosted with a logged in user's credentials. So I think I think they were leaking uh, leaking memory to to http requests is kind of how i was reading it yeah so what would happen is uh, as they say here uh around one in every three million three hundred thousand http requests would result or could result in a memory leakage so that that memory leakage would mean that instead of getting the page that was originally requested you would get the page that was next on the stack as far as in memory goes so it, it doesn't look like it could be intentionally exploited to pull specific information. You just had to luck out, except that some web scrapers picked up the rehosted pages and put uh, potentially dangerous or sensitive data into their search results. Yeah, and and, and it was caching that data. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, so, I think that was the, the biggest concern. So pretty... Uh, Pretty nasty. As a side note, and I only know this from the denial of service attack, uh, Laravel.com and Laracast.com at least used to use Cloudflare. I assume they're still using it, Um, but I I know they were using it because I remember, again, during the denial of service attack, that that was kind of the, that's where it came to light that they were using that because all the, all the Laracon, all the Laravel.com com stuff was down so and and cloudflare has stated that a number of notable sites were affected or potentially affected by this including stuff like digitalocean patreon stack overflow reddit 
uh, Yelp, Uber. So, I mean, they're, you know, they have a big client list that could be very angry about this. Right. So the thing that people need to understand is there is a potential, if you use any of the services that, that are hosted behind Cloudflare, that your information may have been leaked. Things like passwords, things like private messages. There's a potential that that information has now been leaked. So, I mean, obviously, you need to change your passwords. You know, go back through and start changing passwords. Use two-factor wherever you can. I'm not sure what to tell you about private private messages, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's nasty. It's one of those, well, crap, that's something that can happen sort of realities that a lot of people are going to get hit with. Uh, it sucks. Now... Interestingly enough, this ties nicely into uh, another thing I saw this week with the the deliciously clickbaity headline: "Cross-site request forgery is dead." All right, now well, that's that's good news. So, if you don't know what CSRF is, uh, basically it means inserting code into somebody's somebody's website so that when people visit the site, the code executes and does something malicious on another domain. Um, a, a, a for example given here is uh, it opens up a hidden iframe to your bank's website and transfers money. Uh, if you're not logged into your bank, you're fine. But if you are logged into your bank and your bank doesn't have some kind of auto logout solution, you're screwed. You just, you just get hit. So there's a new technique for mitigating this. And it's called same site cookies. Use Laravel. What? Uh, Laravel. Laravel is still vulnerable to CSRF if you don't uh, lock it down correctly. Well, no, you actually have to unlock it, right? It, it, True. Because yeah. by de by default, it's it's actually pretty protective. <laughs> that, that's one of those things that, that framework. It's, um, Laravel is not the only one. We talk a lot about Laravel because we use it, but it's one of those things that frameworks start to abstract away. And you as developer forget it's something you even need to worry about anymore. But I'm sorry, I'm hijacking your story. Go ahead, explain. Well, this works in an interesting way. So you basically set an attribute to your session cookies. Uh, the attribute is same site, and you can set a strict or a lax uh, value. And essentially what happens is if, if you're clicking around on a page and linking from page to page to page, you're perfectly fine. But if you are incoming to your own domain from an outside domain, so if it's from a Google link or from a phishing attempt or from a CSRF attempt, then it doesn't use the cookie. The cookie is only valid when the, when the source of the request is on the same domain. So that's it's a smart that's, way of doing it. Again, that's uh, exactly what Laravel does, right? It creates that CS, uh, that uh, CSRF token. And correct. Yeah, it's it, it's the exact same approach. Now, the one of the issues with the CSRF token is that people who are browsing with multiple tabs on your website can invalidate their own forms. Um, it's something that's Not sure dumb. Well, since a CSRF token is is generated on a per form basis, then if I have two, if I open up a form and then open up another form in a different tab and then submit the first form, I'll get a CSRF error. Hmm. You, you can only have really? one. Yeah, a user can only have one token at a time. Hmm. Um, I but this, never tried that. This will lock down everything from get, post, delete, everything in the uh, rest stack. 
Um, the the lax mode will only check for uh, dangerous rest methods such as post. Get head and options are all okay. This looks like it's uh, doing but... it. Uh, it's... So this isn't PHP specific either. This article. No. Okay. No, this is this is just a a new looks like new browser technology. So I'm digging it. Eh, like I said, it's something I don't I don't worry myself about so much anymore thanks to frameworks such as Laravel. Well, you know my motto: live in fear. Yes, we do know your motto's live. In fear. Eduardo actually mentioned that the last time I spoke with him. <laughs> yes, I'm getting a reputation. You are getting a reputation for sure. He he is. Uh, People are, people are noticing your your tinfoil hat doom and gloom stuff. Hey, it's not tinfoil. It's a copper foil. Tinfoil lets too much in. <laughs> what do you got for us today? Oh, interesting stuff. You know, um, there's been a lot of issues with uh, the Trump administration. I, and... I'm very, very nervous about this card because we have very strict rules about politics and stuff. So I'm curious of where this is going to go. It does apply to the rules. So okay. you would kind of figure that a corporation would have a rule that is basically don't engage in political warfare, don't engage mm -hmm. in political movements. It's just something that you do to protect yourself. Corporation, yeah, for sure a corporation. Not, not so much an individual, but yeah, I, I do agree with that. Yeah, well, Meetup disagrees. <laughs> Meetup.com. <laughs> what? So Meetup.com... Uh, partnered up with the Anti-Defamation League, Amnesty International, the Human Rights Campaign, Planned Parenthood, and the Women's March organization, and created a hashtag resist meetup for every city that meetup has. Uh, they, they created the meetup. They're hosting it for free. They sent out an email to all meetup members saying, hey, check it out. We built a resist page, and you can join, you can donate, you can... Uh, market yourself here for assisting in the meetup. It's really fascinating to see a corporation engaging in politics in this way. Um, I can imagine that meetup doing this has lost them a lot of favor with conservative meetups around the country. You think? <laughs> What's your just opinion on this? I'm, I'm just curious how you feel about this. I think it is the the not just the right, but the uh, necessity of an American citizen to speak up when something is wrong. I, I agree with that. And I, I, I have, I have reservations with them marketing this. I, I know it was with good intention and I want, at least I want to believe it was within good, good intentions that they did this. Um, the fact that, you know, they don't charge, obviously they're not trying to make a profit off of it. It's just something weird about it. It's like, I don't know. I don't see it as the call to action I think that they were hoping it would be. I see it more as a, hey, we see an opportunity where a lot of people are going to want to gather. Let's jump on this opportunity and make sure we're the, we're the place that they go to coordinate this. And that's probably this, the, cynic, the cynical person in me saying that. But... I don't know. I, no, I mean it's it's fine to be cynical and to say that they have ulterior motives. Um, yeah, I mean they are a site for. You know, my producer keeps crashing into my office here when I'm trying to record. 
Does your producer my need dog. to poop? I, I don't know. He needs to lay down and so I can shut my door. Sorry. You know, I'm, I'm all for uh, corporations having ulterior motives to do good, you know. Mm-hmm. And this isn't specifically about Donald Trump. This is about the political landscape as it is in America, generally speaking. But... Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I work for an adult company, and if we were going to get involved in reproductive rights issues, I wouldn't be uh, against it. Yeah, um, I don't have a lot of opinion. I I definitely think people need to... It's funny, it's like, holy crap, have you heard the um, Republicans, the Republican representatives, they're like not even showing up to town hall meetings anymore. They're like, they're they're so tired of being yelled at and... They're so afraid of their constituents, you know, pinning them to the mat on, you know, breaking promises and not supporting them and not representing representing them correctly that they've stopped going to like town hall meetings, stop doing their civil duties. It's which means that we're having an effect. I mean, if if the person isn't doing their job as a representative, then yeah, they need to get the hell out. And so you have to yell at them to either do your job or get the hell out. Yeah. The resist, uh, resist is interesting. I, I, I hope it, uh, does good things. So in this, in this age of people's phones getting searched at, at borders and Edward Snowden being, uh, threatened by presidents and, what is this, this, up with that? This age of, of decreasing security for American citizens. It's nice to have what I like to think of as the first ever programming language to add modern cryptography to its standard library. What programming language would that be, Thomas? Oh, that would be PHP 7.2. What? Yeah, usually, right. usually the crypto libraries that are out there are not standard to languages. They are... Extended libraries maintained by other groups, uh, but PHP is bucking that standard and adding modern cryptography as part of the core engine. Mm. It's weird uh, what what they categorize as modern. I mean, it's not weird. It's just they they have some criteria that things need to meet to be considered modern cryptography, and. Um, it's cool to see PHP kind of on the forefront saying, okay, that's it. We're, we're, we're accepting these, these new standards so that we, we can have a more modern cryptography package, uh, as part of our default, uh, core library. So it will be cool. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of complicated math stuff. It's, uh, a lot of things that I don't understand. I won't understand, but it is simple. And that's the goal, is to make it easy to access, easy to be secure. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see this. I'm happy to see that this was a unanimous uh, choice to include in, in 7.2 as well. And, and I, I'm happy to see PHP is, is continuing to, to push forward. It's like they finally broke through that barrier of, of the PHP five days where things started stagnating and they could they never could seem to get to six and... Now they've just kind of, you know, the, the, the performance has gone through the roof. Uh, just so many standards have been implemented that now they're starting to lead the way down down this cryptography path. It's all good things. I, I, think, uh, I think PHP is really in a position now. They have the leadership. They have the people involved. That's kind of re- 
stating its validity as a language to use in the enterprise and as uh, as core business solutions. Now, on the same note, there is a, a security, uh, a new security flaw on the horizon here. God damn it. You just had me talk all that positivity and you just don't tear me down, aren't you? Yeah, that's, no, that's our thing. <laughs> I get you I get you hyped up and excited and then I poop. You poop. I poop out the badness. This isn't the worst. So SHA one has been known to have insecurities. Um, you know, around two thousand five there were brute forces that could create matching SHA one hashes on two different documents intentionally, which is, you know, bad. But this is being called a practical technique to compromise hashes. It's it's called shattered, and it is 100,000 times faster than brute force attacks. Well, which sounds like a lot, but brute force attacks take a lot of time, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, number, the, the number of... Uh, attempts that a brute force attacks is roughly over what what I think is the real number nine quintillion iterations. You know that's uh one two three four five six eight nine ten eleven twelve eighteen zeros. That's a lot of zeros. It's a lot of zeros. So this is much faster, but it's still real slow. You know they they were able to produce two PDFs that had differing text but matching SHA one hashes. But they had to use the power of Google's gigantic server farm to do this. And it still took a, a significant amount of time. I think they said it was a couple months that it was crunching numbers. This is something they were they were targeting. I mean, it's not like they stumbled upon this. They've been working on this for a couple of years to kind of prove this theory of uh, the SHA-1 collisions and and what the best attack for it would be. So, I mean, that's one thing to take in consideration, is this was a bunch of really smart people who had the power, some serious compute power behind them. It was Google, right? That that's the that was the research team. Yeah, these team were behind Google this. engineers. All right, these are these are Google people and you know, yeah, so it's it's not something that you know, your kids going to pop open a laptop and do anytime soon, but just the fact that it's now kind of reproducible, we have an understanding it, it's it's clear that there's there's this issue and how do we want to address it? Yeah, and it's now feasible at the corporate and state level. So we we now know the NSA could do this when they wanted to. Um, the implications here are that SHA-1 hashes are used to verify trust in a file that's been downloaded versus the file intended to be downloaded. So this, you know, in combination with a hack, this could create a massive problem. Uh, if you've got applications that are downloaded every day uh, or updated frequently and you're using SHA-1 to, to verify your hashes, don't. You know, you, you have a job to the users to provide secure numbers. And it's not hard. It's SHA-256 exists, and it's just a simple signature change. Instead of signing it with SHA-1, you sign it with SHA-256. There are some interesting things about this attack. So if you're concerned that you are, your file 
has been compromised and want to see if your SHA-1 has been invalidated or if the, if the file is matching SHA-1 but the file itself has been altered, this attack actually leaves a signature. There's a fingerprint in the algorithm which generates the SHA, the new matching data for the SHA sum. So this team has released a free detection system as well as uh, integrated protections into Gmail. So if you receive a file in Gmail and the SHAs don't match, it won't let you download the file. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder how it knows, knows that. But So the, the one thing I wasn't clear on is um, when they did this and they, re like, for example, replaced the text in the PDF, if they were able to define what that text was or if that text was defined by the system trying to compute the same shots, meaning could they actually manipulate what the text was saying so it says something completely different but makes sense, like it, it, it's in context of the whole file, or is this just some like just some random jumbled text in there that that some supercomputer had produced to that would fulfill that space in keeping the SHA intact? Well, in okay, so in almost every format for a file, there is some kind of ability to pad the file. Um, for JPEGs, you can fill up headers, or you can uh, you can put a terminator, a line terminator. That in that implies that the file is completed, and then after the terminator, you can just dump in garbage text. Um, so there's all sorts of ways of hiding data in a file. And what they do is they take their original file, they get the SHA, and then they give the second file, which is exactly what they want it to say, and give it to the algorithm, give the SHA that they are trying to reproduce to the algorithm, and the algorithm attempts uh, this number of okay. insertions so, so you, of random you data. You answered my question then. So it is manipulated data that an attacker would actually want to inject. It's not data produced by the system. Right. So if it was an executable file, then they would they would dump garbage text into the end of the executable portion of the file. So when you ran it, it just ran what it was supposed to do. The extra text got dropped. You could do that with almost almost any file that I know of except for maybe a text file. All right. Well, we're rounding out the hour here. I think that was... Uh, two weeks and one hour is a pretty good time for us. That, we, I was, we usually I'm put one week impressed. into an hour and a half. <laughs> I know, man. I'm actually pretty... Oh, I did want to mention something. It's been two weeks now, so I feel, I feel bad. Uh, the last show we we talked we, we we had somebody else on that show, man. I wish I could remember who it was. James. There was another. There was another guy. Gary. Does Gary sound right to you? Uh, I think it was. I think it was James Gary. Crabtree. Yeah, yeah. We must not have liked him much because we didn't invite him back. Anyways, we were talking about Laricon online and uh, some of the, the 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 speakers that were were talking and. How it was overlapping with Laricon US conference and right, and what right. the content was going to be, yeah. So Laravel News, of course, they they came out a couple days after us, and uh, they had Ian on it, and uh, he he was um, actually pretty clear in Laravel News uh, when when you listen to it that uh, they they didn't they weren't anticipating any overlap in talks. Like, uh, I mean, I don't think it's anything that they're intentionally avoiding, but he, he didn't, he felt that 
the 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 speakers who were overlapping uh the the talks are going to be completely different from I, I think from his understanding of of what they're what they said they were going to speak about so if you are thinking about doing Lyricon online as well as Lyricon us you don't have to worry about having to kind of sit through the same talk twice because it should be fresh content excellent that's, i want to put that out to there. know yeah, yeah i want to put that out there because i know it was it was uh, a topic of uh of discussion for us so yeah it is also only ten dollars for laricon online uh i don't think it is anymore we should check that real fast um ten dollars was the early bird special which ended yesterday uh i do not know what the new price is i'm i'm suspecting twenty dollars Am I right? Is it twenty dollars? Yeah, it's twenty dollars. <laughs> I totally just think that. That's awesome. Look at that price doubled. Who can afford that oh, now? God, this is way Jesus, out of my range. Jesus, twenty dollars. I actually told my boss that I needed to go to this, and he told me it was too expensive. <laughs> he's hey, he's I, strict uh, but fair. I know a couple guys on the team purchased. I actually haven't purchased, and it's. I I really should because I, I it's kind of what I do, but I cannot. I don't think I could sit and watch people talk all day. Um, in, in my he office. says on his I, podcast. Yeah, I just don't think I could do it. You know, that's what we do. An hour at a time. But this thing runs from eight a.m. Eastern time. It runs oh, from eight a.m. Eastern time to six p.m. It's like that's like I don't know. I yeah. I haven't haven't bought a ticket yet. I I, I might. I I don't know where I was. Uh, somebody had suggested a viewing party, and um, that's actually something else. Ian uh, uh, Ian addressed in the um, Laravel news. They, they had him on. He he was a guest, and uh, he mentioned that somebody had reached out to him about a viewing party. And it, it was funny. His response was kind of like, "Hey, yeah, that's a great idea." Well, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of years are going that yeah they really didn't have a party plan where you could subscribe and say hey yeah you know show this to the office for 50 bucks or something like that so there was that aspect of it and and i mean he he was pretty honest he didn't they weren't too worried about it but it def definitely seems like it was something that next year they'll think about like hey if you want to do a viewing party um here's the package you should buy I mean, there's nothing stopping anybody from buying one ticket and viewing it. So somebody at the user group, at our user group, said, hey, why don't we do that? Why don't we have a viewing party for, for Laracon uh, online? And I thought it was a good idea. Then I thought about the pricing. Then I heard his response on the, that exact topic. I'm like, yeah, I, you know, they seem like they're okay with it, but there's, you know, not really something that they're encouraging. And I don't know. I, 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 so I ended up not, not suggesting it. Which, which is why we're proud to announce that for only $20, you can join our Discord channel and listen to us talk over the presentations with our classic wit and, and rapport. Live uh, commentary. Absolutely. Live commentary at the conference. Yeah, yeah. You get yeah, to, you goes, get to hear us there, interrupt there everyone. My speaking. followers. <laughs> <laughs> we we we're too busy interrupting each other. Is twenty dollars not enough money? Should it, we should be asking for more? 
I, I usually pr- charge a pretty good amount for listening to me. I don't know what to do here. It's it's uh it's only ten forty seven here on the West Coast. Usually you and I talk to about midnight. It's weird. We're in different yeah. time zones now. We'll have to we'll have to flip it back and forth. We'll have to do ten thirty your time, ten thirty no. my time. You don't want to do that. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> no, like you're, you're not as punchy. It's it's earlier in the evening, so you haven't been working on the the glass of whiskey as well. I haven't been drinking. Yeah, that's uh, well. I got hammered last night. We had our meetup. Oh my goodness, dude, you missed it. I was, I was wondering had, what the noise was about because I heard stories. We had our Laravel meetup, and uh, me and this other guy—I forget what his name is—he comes to, uh, he's on the show every now and then. He used to help me run the user groups. It's this guy. Uh, there was a, there was actually a group of the Diego Dev group. You know, we, you, you know how it is. We do our, our co-working pregame um, before meetups and. The representative for Blue Moon Beer ended up showing up at the bar we're at and oh, no. gave us a couple around. Oh, we got we got glasses, we got T-shirts, we got free beer, and uh, pretty lit. By the time I left, we had a designated <laughs> driver. We had a designated driver drive us to the meetup. Yeah, the guy the guy from Blue Moon felt bad, so he drove you. <laughs> it was. It was fantastic. It, it was the it was the most I drank in a in a long time, and oh, the hardest I laughed in a long time. A problem I'd like to have: alcohol here in Colorado is bizarre. Why? Well, explain. There's three licenses. You you've got isn't like Coors there? I mean, don't don't like Coors beer just run through the faucets? You would think so. Um, and in the grocery store, it appears so, but that's it. There's the bar and restaurant license, which is the normal bar and restaurant license, closes it to all that jazz. But then there's the grocery store license, which is called the 3.2 license. That, that is not a very big number. No, that's a small number. Uh, and it Is that how many beers you're allowed to drink? It's how much alcohol by volume you can have per beer. Is that even still considered beer? I thought that was like Zima. Yeah, no, it's, it's Coors, it's Miller. It's Apple, the well, Angry that's Orchard. Why you have a, oh, oh that's no! Why Listen, you... this you'll love this. It's Angry Orchard, uh, Lemon Shandy. You know all the flavored beers, the quote unquote beers, and Fat Tire. And every grocery store has the exact same selection of beers. There's no such thing as craft beer or what I would call good beer at grocery stores or any other store. I... I realize you haven't been there that long, but are there no microbreweries or anything like that? There are, and it gets interesting. Now, you heard you heard that I said Fat Tire mm-hmm. as as one of the carried beers. You know, Fat Tire is five point eight percent alcohol. So what's I it doing in the sure. what's it doing in the store? They make a deflated tire that is three point two. You stop. Is it called deflated tire? No, I call it deflated tire. Oh. That's that's my name for the stupid thing they've done to ruin their own beer. <laughs> but you guys have pot, right? Don't you guys have pot? Not in the springs. Got to you oh, got to really? drive. No, you got to drive out of town to a to a friendly. Now we have focus on the family here. They can't have that kind of stuff. Now, yeah, but what they it's, do have it's legal it's legal in the state though, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, okay. Um, you, you well, what they do have is have they have local Right. Now they have liquor stores here which are not like liquor stores in California because at liquor stores in California, you can buy beer and a candy bar and a magazine. Yes. But to, to have a full liquor license, you can only sell alcohol. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Now, if, you, if you're a grocery store and you have two separate buildings, then one of those buildings can be the alcohol building, and the other building can be the rest of the groceries building, which is what Costco is trying to do here in, in Colorado. But they haven't gotten the license yet for it. So it's, it's weird stuff. But the liquor stores, they have to close at midnight. They can stock almost anything, as far as I could tell. There's, a, I think there's a maximum alcohol, like 67%, that you can't go over. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, basically moonshine. No moonshine. <laughs> yeah, nothing that actually kills you. Yeah. But they have to be closed on Christmas. That's pretty common. And yeah. are they are they open on Sundays? They're, they're legally was... they they are open on Sundays, uh, but they're legally oh. not allowed to be open on Christmas. So if you if you run out of Christmas wine, uh, you're out of luck. That's that's fine. I, yeah. I, I don't see a problem with that. Interestingly, though, there are absolutely no restrictions on any of the three licenses on election day. So <laughs> when when <laughs> choosing when choosing your future governors. You can be as hammered as you want anywhere. Matter of fact, we recommend it. <laughs> it's, it would have been helpful this year. All right, Mr. Rideout. Well, I'm happy you got uh, to your new location in Colorado Springs and got settled in and you're staying warm. Good to hear. It's I, pretty, I miss it's you. It's pretty nice. I miss you guys too. Yeah, miss you. Uh, but yeah, good, good to hear. Good, get back on the air. So this has been episode 50, but this is technically our 51st week of doing it. So we're, we've almost been doing this for a full year. You, yeah, you realize we're, we're one week next, away from a complete year. Does that, I'm going to have to go back and look because that doesn't seem, it couldn't have been a, it couldn't have been. We started this in, in March. That just seems crazy to me. We used to have someone else with us though. I can't. You know, I, I feel like remember. I feel like there was always another presence, but I don't remember. No, yeah, it's not. I don't remember. It's not coming to me. It wasn't very impactful, clearly. I, I'm looking through SoundCloud now because I can't believe that it's actually been that long. I, I don't even know if this has the dates on it. Let me see. This We have a lot of shows here, man. Look at this. The Shape of Round. What was that about? The Shape of Round? I don't know. We were drunk. What are we, we, were, we got some great names here. Talking about nothing. The money train. Here it is. Episode number one. Recorded 11 months ago. Um, do I have any show notes? When's the show notes on this thing? Uh, I, I See, I don't even put the... I don't even put the date on it. Oh my goodness. Oh, there you go. We got our GitHub account, too. What's the GitHub account says? Recorded March 13th, 2016. So, yeah, we're quickly approaching one year. We have an episode here with 260-something listens. 265. Upgrade. <laughs> People love that upgrade uh, title. That's a nice one. That was yours. I wonder who all got that. Where, where you, you want to you explain Upgrade? Upgrade uh, is the name of the pimp in Idiocracy. Uh, it's, it's spells it with two D's for a double dose of his pimpin. <laughs> you said that so perfectly. Oh, I've been watching that movie recently whenever I'm in too good of a mood, <laughs> just, just to bring myself down a notch. I think that, I think that's their most, most, uh, listened to uh, show. Is that, is upgrade or, or most listened to? Looks that way. Yeah, I believe so. Nice job. And if you, if you remember correctly... We had another name for it. 
but I uh, I overruled you on it. I, what was the other name? I forget. I can't remember. Oh shit! I that was going to name this show that. God damn! <laughs> I thought you had I thought you had something, man. I was going to call this show that. <laughs> really confuse people. All right, Thomas. That's it. I'm calling this episode 50. We're, it's All in right, the books. Eric. We're done. It has been a pleasure speaking with you again. We'll have to do All this right, next I'm week. Eric Van Johnson. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep, Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly. And a special thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then you want to reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Links and show notes from this episode of PHP Ugly can be found at www.phpugly.com. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Play Podcast, or SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, then please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, keep it ugly.